Coming up on this episode of the Across the Pod podcast, Fred and Andy disagree over the current dolphin situation. Looking a bit against what you said there, because Find out which quarterback I compare to Gardner Minshew. There's not as much tape on these players, and then obviously when they start playing their third or fourth or sometimes second game, you often see who the real uh, quarterback is. Shout out to Gardner Minshew if you're going down that route. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and guest Charlie previews Buccaneers against the Bengals. Really good. Uh, I think they're improving as well. I think Burrow has really started to come into his own this uh, last few games. Um, they've got a lot of offensive weapons. and This Tampa Bay team seems a bit rudderless at the moment. Uh, they're really struggling to get, get things going. I mean, Hello and welcome back to the Across the Pod podcast and welcome for the first time to our YouTube channel. It's our first time doing it on YouTube, try and just expand the, expand the product and get ourselves out there. So if you're watching on YouTube, a hello to you guys as well. Uh, we are here for a week 15 review, if I'm right in saying, um, and we are here for a very special episode. As, as you guys will know, if you're watching the NFL season, one of the best divisions this season has been the AFC East. And with me, I've got, including myself, three of the four teams' fans on the podcast. We were meant to have all four, a returning guest, Olivia, who I did meet for the first time in New York. She sadly has had some issues tonight, so she can't make it, but she will send over her predictions, hopefully by soundbite. If not, it'll be me saying them at the end of the podcast. Um, but otherwise, we've got two other guests. Um, in the dark blue corner, we've got a returning guest, a <laughs> former member of the Third and Gold podcast, part of the Patriot season preview episode we had earlier this year. I'm here with Fred. How are you, Fred? Very well, thanks, Andy. Yourself? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. I'm back in the UK now. I arrived back from LA, technically Tuesday morning, but Monday night. Um, jet lag was a real thing um, first couple of days. But, <laughs> um, now finding my feet a little bit. Uh, yeah, it feels weird being back, but it's been an amazing trip, and I had to end sometime, sadly. <laughs> and... In the, le- in the light blue corner, we have a-, a Bills fan, a returning guest, someone I had the pleasure to meet for the first time in a Detroit Lions tailgate. Back with us on the podcast is Charlie. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's, uh, it's a while since I was in the States, so my jet lag is now over. But yeah, it was great to meet you in person and uh, yeah, um, hang out and uh, introduce you to the wonders of Bills Mafia. Yeah, that was quite an experience. Uh, I mean, that tailgate was one of the best I've been to in America. I mean, it was nice that it was another uh, tent because it was quite cold that day. Um, and LC, I was actually quite near you, wasn't I? In my seat as well. I remember seeing you from my seat. Um, yeah, was... that's right. You actually sent me a picture of me from your seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was funny. Um, yeah, no, I remember like, sometimes I would look over and sort of um, see how you reacted to certain things. I think there was an interception where I looked over and sort of see how you reacted and when the Lions scored. Fairly lively, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was like watching a lion at the zoo. It was just entertainment. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are here for a AFC special. So um, yeah, so fortunately we couldn't have all four fans of the uh, divisions, but we have got at least three. So it's going to be a good one. Uh, we are going to, as normal, predict every game and try and get as high as possible in our prediction leaderboard. So at the moment, it still stands with Paul Hope leading the way with 12 right predictions from week four. Ollie Wilson from TalkSport in week five um, uh, with 11 scores as well. Uh, and also Jonathan Dix from week five with 11 as well. Ollie Wilson's actually not week five. I've actually forgotten what week he was. Uh, I think I've written down the wrong one, but um might be week 11. It was whatever week. The Packers play the Titans, um, but those three still lead the way with myself also on 11 points from weeks 5, 11 and 13. Guys, are you confident you can beat that this week, the 12 points set by Paul Hope? That was pretty good. <laughs> I'm sorry. This crazy NFL season is hard to be confident of anything, right? <laughs> oh, I mean, I had a nightmare last week. I only had six right scores. So I obviously the shocks, I had the Vikings beating the Lions, which didn't happen. Um, I had the Titans beating the, the Jags, which didn't happen, of course. I went for the Seahawks, beat the Panthers, which didn't happen. And I did go for the Ra- Raiders to beat the Rams, which, of course, thanks to Baker Mayfield, didn't happen. Um, <laughs> as normal, the Thursday night football is normally hard on p- to predict because normally this podcast is out by the time uh, this podcast is released. But anyway, the game on Thursday night is the 9-4 49ers 
traveling to the seven and six Seahawks uh, in Seattle. 49ers are six and zero in their last six games. The Seahawks are two and three in their last five after a six and three start. For me, it's simple. You got one team in form and one team massively struggling. For me, it's as easy. I've gone for a 49ers win. Um, over to you, Charlie. First, um, anything different, or are you also in the same boat? No, I'm exactly the same. I think Gino's dropped off a little bit. This 49ers team is, looks really good. It looks like it could even go all the way, um, even with what their third choice quarterback. Um, so yeah, uh, pretty impressive stuff from the 49ers, and uh, I see them winning. Yeah, it may it may even be fourth choice at this stage because as Brock Purdy, he's got some injury doubts. And I can't think for life of me who actually is the fourth choice quarterback there. It might be Josh Johnson, I believe. I think it is Josh Johnson, yeah. Yeah, so if it is him, that could change things massively because Brock Purdy was looking the real deal in the first two starts, two first games he had. Uh, but I think even so, I think they'll get the win. Uh, Fred, finally over to you. Um, how are you feeling about this one? 49ers? Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll go 49ers uh, win. I mean, I think... In a weird way, the 49 season actually is a bit of a teaser edge at the moment because you've got, obviously, Debo out now as well. So, obviously, there's going to be a lot of McCaffrey. So, anyone who's got McCaffrey in fantasy is going to have a big week, you'd have thought. Um, and, obviously, Brock Purdy was very, very competent, but he had some excellent weapons around him. And the use of Kittle, I thought, was good, both as a blocking tight end and a receiving tight end last week. But you lose McCaffrey, who is injury-prone, um, and hopefully you don't. But if you do lose him too, then I think, actually, this 49ers team almost sort of falls off a cliff edge a bit without Debo at the moment as well, without Jimmy G or Trey Lance. Um, so, you know, if they can keep everyone they've got, Fit, I agree they could go all the way, but uh, but it is it's a really fine balance for them at the moment. Yeah, I mean it's amazing to think they're they're nine and four with you know two of their main quarterbacks injured, one of their the guy they had all their trust in the season being out for most of it, um, and of course their third choice being Mister Irrelevant, and they're still nine and four. It reminds me a bit like the Jets, which Olivia would have liked if she's on the podcast because they've got seven wins really with a with really some poor quarterback play all year. So you've got to give Shanahan excellent credit for that. And I think he's established himself this year once again as one of the best coaches in the league. Um, now, over to Saturday for the first time this year, we've got games on Saturday. We've got three to choose from. The first one uh, is Indianapolis Colts traveling to the Minnesota Vikings. I think even though they lost to the, to the Lions, I think the Vikings will win this game. Despite losing two of the last five games, I think they'll get back to winning ways. And probably this week, um, we'll secure the division. Uh, so I'm going for a Vikings win. Uh, back to you, Fred. Uh, Vikings or Lions? Yeah, I'm going to go Vikings. I can't really see um, Vikings or Colts. Yeah, I can't really see past the Vikings this week, to be perfectly honest with you. So, yeah, I'll go Vikings. And you, Charlie? Yeah, same for me. It's hard to predict the Colts winning any games at the moment, really. Um, they're obviously really out of form, um, out of rhythm, um, different coach. But, I mean, this Vikings team is a bit of a paper tiger, I think. You know, it's not uh, ranked super high on DVOA. I think that but they've got just too many weapons. Um, any team with um, with that amount of attacking talent is going to be in most games, and I don't see them having any problems with the Colts. Yeah, I agree massively. Um, next up is the Baltimore Ravens traveling to the Cleveland Browns. Ravens nine and four, Cleveland Browns five and eight. The Ravens might be four and one in their last five games. So I'm going to give the Browns a win because Deshaun Watson <laughs> looked better in the second game. I hate to say that, but he did. Mm -hmm. And frankly, the Ravens, I don't know what's happening with Paul back. Tyler Hutney went out the game uh, in last week's result. And obviously, Lamar Jackson's still doubtful for this game. So again, I. Can't think who their third choice callback is, but I think this could cause problems. Whereas the Browns are a weird one this season; they seem to be very unpredictable to to predict on. But uh, I'm going to give the Browns the win. Uh, Fred, back to you. Uh, Browns. Yeah. I think I'll go Browns. I mean, 15 minutes before we started today, Jackson's been ruled out officially. Um, okay. So, so yeah, <laughs> you don't really I don't want to see the Browns win any game football. If I'm honest with you at the moment, but uh, probably a lot of people feel that way. But um, I think, yeah, I'm going to go Browns. And Charlie? Yeah, I'm the same. I think, uh, unfortunately, without Lamar Jackson, I think uh, the Baltimore Ravens are a very, very uh, much weakened outfit. Um, as you said, unfortunately, Sean Watson was looking a little better, although he's still, I do think he's he's disrupted the mojo of that Cleveland Browns team. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem to be flowing as it was before. They haven't had the running game going in the same way. But uh, I don't, I, you know, the Browns being at home, I think it's a tight one, but I do think they'll win. Okay, so that is the second lot of um, games on the Saturday. And then here comes the big one. The first of our AFC matchups <laughs> as the Miami Dolphins, uh, eight and five, travel to the 10 and three <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Dolphins are three and two in their last five games, where the Buffalo Bills are four and one. Miami have lost their last two. The Bills seem to be getting better each week. Um, for this one, um, I'm going to give it to the Bills. I'm not going to lie. 
Um, I think traveling in that in that snow, if it even happens in, in Buffalo this week, um, I think the snow we're going to have. I mean, Mike McDaniel this today has been very has been quite funny. Actually, he's been uh, wearing a t-shirt saying, "I wish it was colder." He was all walking around. It, it's hard to describe that watching it, but it was very entertaining what he was doing. And I think you know, with, with our team, you know, offensive wise, you know, we have. We, we can beat anyone on our day, and I really do think we can beat Bills if everything goes right. But as we've seen against the last two games, especially against the Niners uh, and the... Uh, who did we play last week? We, Chargers. Sorry, Chargers. Of course, I was there. Why am I even asking? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are struggling with our, our, our <clears throat> tackles. So um, <clears throat> I think it's going to be tough again, and I think the Bills are hitting form at the right time, even though the Jets' win was a bit ugly, it wasn't exactly you know, a stellar build performance, but I just think the weather's going to be a massive impact, and I think that we are sadly going to fall to a third straight loss. Um, now, Charlie, our other, you're the Bills fan, of course, in this, in this podcast today. Um, how are you seeing this game ahead of the, what is 1am on Sunday kickoff? Yeah, not looking forward to getting up in the middle of the night again, but uh, I'll be there. Mm. Um, I think it's, you know, I've got it uh, going the Bills way as well. Um, I think the conditions will be, they will neuter what Miami strengths are. Um, I think you, you, it's just much more difficult to play the style of, of, of football that Miami typically do when you're uh, you're an inch or three of snow. Um, I also think the Bills have a better run game and the Bills run game is actually a little bit underrated. You know, when they use it, they use it actually pretty effectively. And we've not seen an awful lot of the run game out of Miami. Um, the Bills' run D is also incredible. I think it's like one of the top top few in DVOA. Mm. So it's um, I, I think it's going to be tight because these te- these games in bad conditions tend to be fairly low scoring. But I do think the Bills have got the the weapons, and if Josh has to throw it through the snow, we know he can. Uh, so yeah, I've got to go in the Bills' way. Yeah, looking at you mentioned the um, run defense, the Bills. Looking at now, the Bills are in the top ten when it comes to. Um, Rushing yards allowed. Um, actually, my thing is frozen. It did tell me what the rushing yard was. Sorry about this. Um, so, yeah, the Bills are actually fourth when it comes to run defense. They've only allowed 1,298 yards a season on the ground, on allowing on the ground game. Only the Titans, Ravens, and 49ers have more, have less rushing yards allowed this year than the Buffalo Bills. We are actually in seventh position, which actually is quite surprising, actually. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's more a passing de- defence that has let us down. But um, so that was my biggest issue on the game on Sunday. What I did watch in the first half before I had to leave my flight, we would be very good at stopping the run. And we had a good day at a time stopping Eckler. But then every big play on the passing game the Chargers made, we allowed pretty much. I can't think of a single... We had that, yeah, even the one pass we made, they made where we did stop on fourth down. That was only down to a slip from the player. I can't think who the, build, who the Chargers player was now. But um, apart from that, in the first half especially, every big play they would make, we would allow. And it's been a almost a theme of our season at times when you've sort of had these difficult games where we allow a lot of points. It has been those big, deep balls that we have just allowed. Um, mm. So that worries me in terms of coming up against Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs um, and uh, stuff like yeah, that. It'd be interesting to see how much of that they unleash. Obviously, in the wet, it wasn't really firing, but in the snow, it's, I think it's a little easier actually than playing in the in, in the icy cold and wet. Um, but a question to you, though. I mean, it seems like the 49ers and Chargers had somewhat found out the uh, two a little bit. They, you know, were playing a bit more press man coverage, um, disrupting the the rhythm of that and the timing of, of two. And he seemed to be, you know, not not with it. Do, do you see him recovering from that? Or do you think that this is a bit of a, yeah, they found his Achilles heel? Uh, I think he will recover. I don't know whether this week will be the week, but I think towards after this this week especially, I think he will get back to the one we saw before the last two games. Um, I think I saw next. I want to say was it Emmanuel Acho? One of the NFL pundits was going through schematically how the, the Chargers, particularly and also the Forty Niners, would stop um, the, the two, uh, two and the Dolphins. I think there was a moment in the the very first play the Forty Niners played as a certain play where they go on the outside and have two men running in the exact same area. And Tyra killed off and go to left. And I think this time with Sherfield, he would do that. And against the Chargers, they actually found a way. They saw the same movement that they did against the 49ers for that early touchdown. And you saw the Chargers players go up to that. And I, th- I think they found a way of stopping the middle, especially uh, for mm-hmm. the Dolphins. That's been sort of one of two of his biggest strengths is getting the ball down the middle. A lot of the yards have to catch your plays, particularly from Waddle and Hill. And I think that Chargers certainly. And the 49ers have found a, a route for that. And I think that certainly the build, I think, you know, McDermott's the most underrated coach in the league, in my opinion. And I think he'll get the, the Bills defence, which is one of the best in the league, doing the same way. And I think that uh, yeah. any of your defensive backs can have a field day against, if we don't change what we've done the last two games, um, 
So that's my one issue with McDaniel. I, I do think he can be a bit um, sort of schematically naive, and I don't think he's quite. I think he's still got a learning curve to make in this league, and I think that the Bills, I think, are going to outcoach him. And I think once again, this could be a difficult day. And I think unless we change something schematically and find a different play, I think it might be a tough day. Uh, but Fred, we haven't heard from you on this game. How are you seeing this one, the Bills against Dolphins? Yeah. I can't see past the Bills for many reasons. I think that the biggest reason, actually more than anything, is Miami's run game is so, isn't very good, to be perfectly honest with you. I think you know, the Patriots, ironically, set out the blueprint to beat Buffalo in the cold in Buffalo, uh, tried to run the same blueprint again this year, and it failed horrifically because Buffalo got better at dealing with um, you know, their run defence. It got better. Patriots tried then having to throw the ball in the cold, and it just didn't really work. And I think you look at then Josh Allen. You spoke about Josh Allen a few moments ago. Um, Josh Allen is an outlier in cold conditions, you know, you can complete a lot of passes. Um, and I think you're right in what you say in terms of actually it's easier in the snow than the icy cold. Because again, to draw reference back to when the Pats beat the Bills last year, it was just icy cold. Uh, there was no snow, it was just absolutely freezing. Uh, and Mac threw the ball three times. I mean, that's what the Patriots thought of throwing the ball that day, but they got ahead. The Bills had to try and chase the game and it didn't quite work out because of the icy cold. So the snow, I think, does definitely play into Buffalo, not just the fact that obviously they've got a better run game uh, than Miami, but I think obviously the experience Allen has throwing in those conditions will be very vital against uh, the Dolphins. I mean, I'm, I'm, I like the Dolphins. I think, you know, they're so exciting offensively. I think their record's a little bit disappointing this year, if I'm honest. And like you said, I agree with what you said as well, Andy. I think on their day, they can be absolutely anyone. Um, but, you know, three and two over the last five games, I think as a Finns fan, you're probably disappointed with that, uh, if I'm honest. And, you know, they've got this window of excellent offensive players and, I think they've got a really good defence, a really good pass defence as well. I think, you know, they've got to get it right quite quickly. They haven't got a lot of time to build into this with this window. And, you know, the playoffs has to be a minimum for them, which they should make. But, you know, it's not as comfortable as perhaps what it was looking like five, six weeks ago. Yeah, just looking at the playoff picture now, I mean, before I do that as well, I think for me, I've seen this play one game in the playoffs in my 10, 11 years supporting the team. I've only seen this play one playoff game which we did lose to the Steelers quite badly. So for me, I think most fans, especially of my age, just I think just making the playoffs is enough for us because we had so many years of mediocrity. And I think for me, that was our aim in the season. Anything, anything more is a bonus. And I think realistically, we were never really expected to be challenging for the division when the season started. It's only really the sort of good start we made that's got everyone talking about it. But really for us... I think just making the playoffs is enough for me personally because I think, and I think as well, it's disappointing in the sense that we were also eight and three two weeks ago. There was a lot of talk about Super Bowl runs and all that, but I think now maybe we've been dealt a sort of dose of reality check. Um, but looking at this thing now, we're looking at the current AFC schedule. Um, the Bills are currently number one with a ten and three record. The Chiefs just behind with a ten and three record. Number two. Baltimore Ravens are third with nine and four, Titans fourth, Bengals fifth, Dolphins sixth, Patriots seventh, with the Chargers and the Jets just behind with the Jaguars actually tenth in the um, AFC seeding. Um, sorry, Fed, what were you going to say? Yeah, I'd argue a bit against what you said there. So if you say you don't see yourself as challenging for the division, I think ultimately the divisional game is actually really important to you guys this year because like, I do think the Bills are the better rounded outfit and you know in, should win that division, obviously. But, you know, you can beat anyone on your day. And I think, you know, if you were to pick up two wins against the Bills, which obviously you're not going to now, but, you know, if you hadn't, you have the chance to do that, I guess, to a degree, because you have the ability to do that. You're not a better side than the Bills, but you do have the ability to beat them. Um, I, you know, I do think there's a potential beginning of the season. I don't think I was the only one outside of, you know, the Miami fan base who saw it, who thought actually there's a, you know, there's a really good chance that you're going quite deep into the playoffs. There, I think it's quite interesting what you say. I sort of disagree. I think you're better than perhaps maybe what, um, you know, what you think you might be, maybe, but it's just falling apart a little bit recently. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some optimism. Some fans have the optimism, I think, of, you know, we could challenge for the division. But for me, I think our biggest thing for me was just actually being competitive with the Bills. Because the last, Charlie will know, the last few years, the Bills have just absolutely destroyed us. Allen was 6-1 and one before, against us before the season started. And that loss came in his rookie year. I mean, last season before, we suffered some really bad losses to the Bills. I think... Whereas it was just about actually being competitive with the Bills and actually give them a good game. And we beat them, of course, in week three. So I'm hoping that, you know, we can do that again. But I think that, I think the most most Dolphins fans in their head were thinking the Bills are probably the Super Bowl favourites and probably are too strong for us to win the division. But, of course, if you win this game, it's just one win between us. Uh, anything could happen, even though we've got a very tough end of schedule. Um, 
But I think that since the playoffs, I think it's definitely not out of reach of not making it because that if we'd beaten the Chargers, we'd be two wins ahead of them. No, three wins ahead of them. And we'd have been, that would have been playoffs almost guaranteed. But I think now it's just one win separates us and the Chargers in eighth, who are ninth as well, the Jets and the AFC seeding. And of course, you guys... Really stacking up, it. isn't it? it this it AFC really is. is crazy, yeah. It really is. I mean, you could generally miss the playoffs on 10 wins. I think it really is that kind of division. I think conference. And I think NFC-wise, it's a bit different. But I think in the in the AFC especially, I think that it's a very tight uh, conference. And I think it really is going to go down to the final week. And I'll be shocked if it doesn't really, to be honest. Um, next up, a quick other predictions. We've got Steelers traveling to the Panthers. I've gone for the Panthers winning. Both teams are 3-2 and two in the last five games. And both 5-8 and eight overall. I think the Panthers, for me, showed signs last week. Darnold looked really good, um, whereas the Steelers had a... It was an ugly game against the Ravens. It wasn't exactly a great game to watch, but mm. I don't know. I think he's still... Pickett's still having time to adjust, and I don't think he's quite ready yet. Um, so, for me, I'm going to give it to the Panthers. Uh, Charlie? Yeah, same. I haven't seen an awful lot of either team, but... Um... You know, it's funny, isn't it? Everybody thought the, the Panthers essentially were, were, were tanking uh, with obviously the changes they made, got rid of McCaffrey, um, uh, you know, obviously changed the head coach, but actually they've improved quite considerably since then. So, yeah, I, I don't see this, this this Steelers team offering too much. So Panthers are at home. I, I've gone for the Panthers. It's interesting, the Panthers, because um, I'm surprised Steve Wilkes haven't, haven't got given the job yet permanently because they're only... At the moment, one win behind the Buccaneers in the exactly in the they could they could win that division um, mm. and you know who would have thought that uh, given uh, where they were three or four weeks ago so yeah it's pretty incredible what he's done to turn them around I have a bit of soft spot for the Panthers generally um, it's a nice city Charlotte and uh, you know I've met quite a few Panthers fans over the years but uh, yeah I, I I genuinely dislike the Steelers <laughs> so <laughs> any any time that I can see a Steelers loss is a good one yeah fair enough I mean I. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing, really. Like, you know, who'd have thought this would be happening in the NFC South? I think everyone would have thought the Buccaneers would have walked away. But with the Buccaneers game um, that they got this week, I think, spoiler alert, I think they'll lose that game. And I think it's a very good chance they will. And I think the Panthers, if they win this, you know, they'll go, what's that? They'll they'll go six and eight, whereas the Buccaneers could easily end this uh, week also six and eight. The Falcons are exactly in good form. And the Saints, the same thing. So I think this division is almost a new NFC East. It really is because all four teams <laughs> really, have really stunk the joint this year. So I think I think everyone would love that. I think I'd certainly like to see Panthers win it because, you know, but even though I'm not really a hater of the Buccaneers, I think I like seeing different teams win division. So um, for me, I hope they can do it. Also for Keg, because I know Keg from the podcast, he will be very happy if the Panthers do win the division and make the playoffs. Uh, Fred, are you in the same boat as me and Charlie when it comes to this game, or are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm all for this uh, Sam Darnold renaissance. So I, <laughs> I don't mind Darnold. I think at times he did okay with the Jets, and I think he was just handed a real hospital pass with that franchise. I know he's been a bit up and down with the Panthers as well over the course of his Panthers time with the Panthers, I guess. But uh, I'm really enjoying him playing well. I, I, I like to see him do well. So uh, I, I've tried watching the Steelers. Um, this year has been really painful to watch any Steelers game. So, um, you know, I just want to see the Panthers win for the sake of football. <laughs> here to that, here to that. Um, now, for me, uh, arguably the easiest game to predict of the week, the Philadelphia Eagles, the 12-1 and Eagles, traveling to the 3-10 and Bears. Um, Philadelphia Eagles are 4-1 and in their last five games. The Bears are 0-6 in their last six games, with their last win coming in week seven. Um, so, for me, really easy, Eagles to win all day long. Uh, Fred? Yeah, Eagles, I think, to be fair, I mean, they've got this really defined style of play. You know exactly how the Eagles are going to play, but they do it so well. It's so difficult to break down. You know, they've got this really clear-cut game plan, very strong running game. Hurts does throw the ball a lot more, I think, than in you imagine in your head he might, um, to be fair. like I, He certainly throws the ball more than I think he will. Uh, but they've got this really clear, defined style of play. They're very, very good and very clinical when they do it. I, I can't see the Bears winning this. Yeah, I agree with you there. Charlie, same as us? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I mean, I think that the Bears have shown little bits of a bit more promise this year than perhaps we've seen in the in the past. They've certainly got the you know the run game going uh, a little bit more. You know, it, it's going to be cold in Chicago, but there's no snow. Uh, we've actually got them on, uh, the Bills have got them on Christmas Eve when there's going to be quite a bit of snow, so that could be interesting. Because <laughs> they do have a, you know, an okay run, uh, run game. But I just think this Philadelphia Eagles team is too well-rounded. It's too good. Um, and I think even if the, the Bears have a, have, a, have a good crack at it, they're just not going to come out on top. No, definitely not. 
Um, another one that's probably an easy one to predict. The Houston Texans travel, sorry, that host the Kansas City Chiefs. Texans are 1-11-1 and and the Chiefs are 10-3 and with the Chiefs winning four of the last five and Texans being 0-5 with the last win coming in week five against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, easy one for me. Chiefs all day long. I think they've been the best team, I think, in the NFL this year, maybe, if you took a consistency, maybe them and the Eagles, because whilst the Bills have been downhill, you know, we've obviously up and down. Mm. Bengals had a bad, bad start to the year. The Chiefs have pretty much been consistent all year long, and I think they are, for me, even with the Bills having the best team on paper, I think they are the team to beat at the moment in the AFC, and I think they're going to be, win this game fairly close. I think Texans last week showed a bit of fight against the Cowboys. They looked actually quite good. I think they could cause the Chiefs problems, particularly with Damian Pierce. But I think even with that, the Chiefs will be too strong and get the win. Uh, Charlie. Yeah, I'm the same. I don't really see the Chiefs uh, falling uh, over on this one. A bit of a weird game against Denver, though, last week, you know, where they surrendered an awful lot of points from quite a long way ahead. Um, so they're not completely infallible. Um, but I just think they've got too much for the uh, for the Texans. I, I can't see how the Texans beat the Chiefs. Um, it's just, I think you're right, they've been scrappy. They've kind of made certain things a bit, a bit more of a fight than we would have expected at times. But are they really more rounded than the Chiefs? Absolutely not. Fair, perfect. And Fred, same for you. Yeah, Chiefs are going to win. I just think Chiefs have got to be very careful. I think they fell back into old habits last week against the Broncos. You know, and this is the Chiefs of two years ago, put a lot of points up early doors and let teams almost back into the game. And that's something they've pretty much eradicated this year. And I've been really, really impressed with them for doing so. Um, but there was an interesting point of sticks in my brain into how much you guys watched the game. Kelsey sort of arms out on the bench, big smile. There was 21 nothing up, I think, at the time. And... You know, it was almost from that point on things started to go wrong. They got very complacent, which was, you know, that's the Chiefs of two years ago. That's not the Chiefs of now. I hope last week acted as a wake-up call for them. Um, you know, that they just need to maintain the focus all the way through a game of football. They're not going to make that mistake again, are they? You'd think not, wouldn't you? You'd think not. Um, not. Now, next up, I think, could be the biggest trap game. I think this could be the one that, I haven't, I haven't gone for the shock, but I think this game could be the one that does have the shock. It's the Dallas Cowboys traveling to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys put up a lot of points against the worst team in the league this year in the Houston Texans. But they are 10-3, and 4-1. and one. The Jaguars are 5-8, and eight, but they've won three of the last five games. So I think the Jags, I think they, obviously last week they beat the Titans quite well. And I think that Lawrence is showing signs this year of being the fullback. We all thought we were getting when he played for Clemson. So I think the Cowboys will still win. But I would not be shocked in any way possible if the Jaguars do get the win. Um, Charlie? Yeah, I've enjoyed watching this Jaguars team a little bit more this year. And, um, you know, they're showing a bit of life. And Trevor Lawrence is, you know, I think he played um, some really good football in the last few weeks. So they're certainly lively and they've got some defensive players on defense. I think it can cause anybody problems. The Cowboys are just more rounded, though. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it might be tight, um, a lot tighter than most people would expect. I've gone for the, the Cowboys to go for a narrow win. But similar to you, I think the Jaguars are being a little bit underrated in this game. Um, and I think uh, they're going to fight hard. And they're scrappy. They've got some talented players. Lawrence is in form, but just about going with the Cowboys, just it's a more rounded team. Okay, and Fred? Yeah, I'm going to go Cowboys as well. I think uh, the Jaguars tend to struggle against the higher powered offences. Um, you know, if you look at the teams they've lost to, we think the Chiefs and, dare I say, the Lions, because, I mean, the amount of yards Goff puts up um, actually is huge. Um, you know, they, they put up a lot of points to the Lions, so it feels weird to try and compare them to a high-powered offence, but actually to a degree they are. Um, so and I think I've said the Cowboys and everything the Cowboys have weapon-wise, I can't see that they'd fall, um, fall short against the Jags. I'm going to go Cowboys, uh, Cowboys win. Okay, and then our next one is, I mean, it would take the most diehard of NFL fans to want to watch this game. I think this game is by far the worst on paper this week. I think they, both teams, you know, they've won nine games between them this year. The Falcons traveling to the Saints, both won and four in their last five games. I mean, this game for me is very unappealing. I mean, obviously I'll be watching it on Red Zone, but for me, it's not a game <laughs> that I'm very excited to be watching. So I think this one doesn't really deserve much talking because frankly, who wants to watch this? Uh, but I'm going to give the edge to the Saints. Uh, Desmond Riddle is actually to start this game, um, so that's good for him. But I just think that the Saints have a bit more about them. I'm actually surprised they're four and nine because I don't think they're quite as bad as that suggests. But either way, they're not being great, really. If I'm honest, so going to give the Saints the win. Uh, and how about you, Charlie? 
Yeah, I've got exactly the same way. I mean, I think the Falcons have been spicy at times, but obviously with Mariota now out of the picture, you know, he's left the team. Desmond Ridder's, you know, essentially um, <laughs> going to be uh, uh, going into the bear pit of um, of uh, that uh, that Saints crowd. It's loud in there. I've been to that stadium. It is very, very loud. And I think the Saints have got something to fight for. They're still fighting for this division. Um, and I think, um, I don't know, the Saints at home is always an interesting prospect. Um, so I've gone for the Saints. I just I think on defense, they've got enough to shut the Falcons down. Even though the Falcons have been spicy, I just don't think um, the Ridder's going to be, uh, it's not the, not the easiest uh, first game for him. Definitely not. And of course, the Falcons, you mentioned the Panthers could level wins with the Buccaneers. It could also be the Falcons. Uh, so don't rule them out of winning the division either, although I don't think they'll be doing that. Um, and finally, Fred. Yeah, well, you say no one's going to watch. I'm about to do a podcast with Rob after this, and uh, he's a big <laughs> Falcons fan. So he's probably really excited for Ridder, uh, but he's the only one. Um, no, I agree. It's, it's not looking like it's going to be a classic, is it? I think the Saints are a bad roster who are actually really well coached. I know this record maybe doesn't suggest that, but I do think they're actually pretty well coached for what they are. I don't think the Falcons are. I don't think many Falcons fans would feel they're well coached either. And, you know, rookie QB. Uh, coming in for his first start in it, you know, like you mentioned, a really loud stadium. Um, you know, is he going to be able to hear the calls? Okay, you know, I think we're going to go. Uh, we're going to go Saints. Yeah, fair enough. And apologies, Rob. I know you've been on this podcast before, but um, I can't see you guys winning this game. So our next game should have been one where Olivia was here to preview in a bit more detail, as the New York Jets hosted Detroit Lions. Now, this one. If you told me before the season started this being a really important game, I would have absolutely <laughs> laughed your head off. Um, the Lions are actually five and one in their last six games after going one and six initially, where the Jets um, are seven and six with a two and three record in their last five games. Uh, they expect Mike White to play, um, with there's some doubts over whether he was going to at the start of the week, but he's expected to play. Um, now, the Lions, I've got to talk about a lot because I, in our season pre-prediction episode with Steve and Luke. I had the Lions making the playoffs. Um, Steve laughed at me massively for that, and it seemed like a crazy pick at the time. But I feel like Nigel Farage and saying that, who's laughing now? Because right now, they're absolutely flying. They are... T- <laughs> it's currently... Uh, so they're currently six and seven, and they are only one win behind the current seventh seed in the NFC, the New York Giants. And we all know their recent form, they're in a really bad way. So... This one for me, I think the Lions have been really good because Dan Campbell, we all saw him in hard knocks and he really sort of won people over last season. But they've won, they've won five of the last six. They scored 40 mm. points against the Jaguars, 34 points against the Vikings, 31 against the Giants, 31 against the Bears, only 15 against the Packers. They scored 36 against the Commanders. But even the games they've lost, they scored... How 30- many against the Pats did they? How many did they score against the Pats? <laughs> <laughs> that is the anomaly. <laughs> Looking at it, they did lose twenty nine nil to the Patriots, which is basement, and they only got six against the Cowboys. But they scored twenty seven against ourselves, the Dolphins, forty five against the Seahawks, and lost. And they scored twenty four against the Vikings. So this <laughs> team is a team that scores a lot of points. Looking at the offensive wise, um, in terms of the passing game, is where they really excelled. I mean, looking at the stats, they are in the top um, seven for passing yards this season in total and yards per game total points. They are on top four, so they're currently in fourth when it comes to um, their total yards per game this season. So really impressed by the Lions. And then over to the Jets, I think Olivia will back me up on this. I think Robert Saleh should be a contender for Coach of the Year because they're currently one win off the playoffs. They're, they're currently the one team missing out at the moment. Uh, they've done all this with uh, Joe Flacco, who already played Four games who had more no three games and he had more touchdowns and less interceptions and Zach Wilson who played over double the games he did Zach Wilson was mm. terrible Mike White had a great first game against the Bears which I was there to witness sadly which I, where I met Olivia um, but yeah. at the same time it was also it's <clears throat> not been great and I think he's proved why he's a backup still so for me the Jets have done really well to be seven and six despite all that's going on I think. A lot of that is down to the defence. From looking at the defensive stats, they're not even that high when it comes to the rushing yards allowed. They're middle of the ground, middle of the road when it comes to that, in terms of the, where they are among other teams. But they are fourth when it comes to passing yards allowed. So, Source Garden has been a revelation. And I've got to praise Salah as well for his coaching. But I'm going to give it to the Lions. I think they're rolling. The, the Jets have got an injury doubt with Mike White. He's not 100%. The Lions are 5-1. and one. They're really playing well. And I just think that you know, Jared Goff is playing, you know, 
like his what that one season there with the Rams, you know, when he they got to Super Bowl and lost. He was playing so well that regular season. I think he's having a similar sort of season here. Um, I don't think he's getting enough, near enough credit that he should be for his performances this year. And of course, St. Brown has been an absolute beast. Um, over to you, Fred. Um, how are you seeing this one? Yeah, I mean, I'll talk about the, the Jets first. I mean, you know, Mike White is what he is, really, isn't he? I think everyone's aware he's not a superstar QB, but he does have the you know he does have the ability to put up big yards in certain games. I think he had two, three, fifty plus games last year, had a good first game this year. Obviously, not so hot um, last week. I think probably Zach Wilson's going to be consigned to the bin. Probably the best place for him in, in reality. I do not think he's a very good quarterback. He's not demonstrated the ability to be a good quarterback. I don't think there's an argument to say he can start in this league, really. Um, but see, even if Salah says otherwise. But I mean, defensively, they're very, very good. I think that's what the Jets have got to cling on to against the Lions. And, you know, that their defense at times has been, oh, you will exclude the Bills from this conversation for the time in, but, you know, it's been comparable. Probably the they're most similar to the Patriots in that, you know, offensively, they're not, although I do think the Jets are really good running backs, they're not as good perhaps as what they are defensively, similar to the Patriots and, you know, how the Jets are going to win games and particularly these sort of games is, you know, picking it hold the holes the Lions have and, you know, Goff's not, he's not mistake free in what he does. It's about picking on those mistakes. And I think they're quite an emotional team, the Detroit Lions. I love the Lions. I think we all really like Dan Campbell. I'm yet to meet anyone who doesn't. I think we all thought he came in, he was going to bite people's kneecaps and, oh my God, who's this bloke? He sounds like an idiot. But I think he's excellent. And, you know, what he did was distract the media away from how poor the Lions were to allow the Lions to actually find and define their own style, um, which they have done really well over the last couple of years. And what impressed me most was when they lost to the Patriots, they lost big game I think a week before as well and a really tight one I thought the Lions are on a downward slope here and they said no look we're gonna you know we are good we're gonna fight and that's what Dan Campbell's all about and you know people for you mentioned Jared Goff a little bit you know he must have been on a really low ebb when he was traded away because I thought he'd done okay with the Rams okay not delivered them a Super Bowl but he had done okay and he was treated as if he was some sort of horror show which he wasn't um and the way Campbell has rebuilt him and you know developed St Brown I know it's not just Dan Campbell obviously there's a whole coaching staff there but you know, I think from what I read as well, he's actually very sensitive around his players, which he maybe wouldn't imagine he would be. But he's very, you know, he's a very good people person as well as, um, you know, as well as this sort of caricature in the media. So I'm going to go Lions, but I think the Jets, it wouldn't surprise me if the Jets sort of almost shut out the Lions either um, with the passing defence being what it is. So I will go Lions. Yeah, I think, yeah, go looking back at Goff as well. He's currently eighth in the league when it comes to passing yards. He currently has... Mm. Um, 3,352 yards with 22 touchdowns and seven interceptions. I mean, that number itself, that means he is currently tied for fifth when it comes to passing touchdowns, tied with Aaron Rodgers, Jaden Hurts, and Tua, amazingly, and only Geno Smith, Josh Allen, Burrow, and Mahomes have more uh, more touchdowns, I should say, than Goff. Goff has less interceptions than Rodgers, than Geno, less picks than Josh Allen, Burrow, and Mahomes. So he's got... Only Tua in the top eight uh, has less um, interceptions than Jared Goff. So I think you've got to really praise him uh, and also St. Brown for that matter. Um, Charlie, how are you seeing this one? I think this is a really difficult game to pick. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it went either way. Um, this was the tightest one in terms of my predictions. Um, I mean, obviously, we played the Jets last week. Um, that defense is legit. Um, Source Gardner is superb. I do think, though, losing Quinn and Williams is a big loss for them. Um, you know, he's a real monster in the middle of that defensive line. And I think that um, that could be the difference here is just that this little bit edge off the, the Jets defense. But it's a very, very solid unit. And I think it's difficult for any team to score serious points on them. Um, the Detroit Lions are just a huge amount of fun, aren't they? I mean, I love their offensive weapons. I love Amaran Rasen Brown. Obviously, Jamal Williams has had a great season, scored an awful lot of touchdowns. I, I really think they could use DeAndre Swift a little bit more than they do. Uh, Jameson Williams, obviously, DJ Chark. There's there's some great talent there. But I think that the coaching and the scheme that that, um, that Lions team has is 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 able to pull up serious amounts of points. Um, I don't know. I think this is really tough. I'm, I've gone for the Lions, but I, I, it would not surprise me one iota if the Jets won it. I think it could be a, a tight game. Obviously, the Jets are at home. Maybe it's not such uh, great conditions, but this, this Lions team is scrappy and they'll fight for you, fight for yeah. it. Yeah, I think they've been a team that everyone saw. Vanessa Shaw, maybe a Packers, Vikings or Bears fan. Most people want the Lions to do well uh, because they have been for years a team that have really struggled. And I think they've now, after the Bengals last season, they've got the longest playoff win drought in the league. 
Um, so fingers crossed they can do it. Um, but also the one thing that me worries them is their defense because they are third from bottom when it comes to passing yards allowed, and they are seventh from bottom when it comes to um, rushing yards allowed. So I think I, I'm I'm not I have to say I'm not convinced that Mike White's the answer. I mean, obviously Zach Wilson isn't either, but the Bills had him on toast last weekend. I mean, he was hit a lot. He was sacked a lot. Um, I'm not convinced he's not carrying some form of injury from that from that uh, from that game. I think if they get a couple of big hits on him, then um, he could be in trouble. So I don't know. I'm not I'm not convinced that uh, with the Jets and quarterback at all. You might wait. He can put up yards, but he's not consistent at all. He's also an inter- you know, interception waiting to happen from time to time. Yeah, I think for me, it's a classic example of quarterbacks who aren't on the field every week. And they don't really, you see a lot of quarterbacks who are backups. They start off, you know, their first week or two, they often play really well because there's not as much tape on these players. And then obviously when they start playing their third or fourth or sometimes second game, you often see who the real uh, quarterback is. Shout out to Gardner Minshew if we're going down that route. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the Lions as well, they must be loving this because thanks to the golf trade as well, and the Rams' bad form this season, they actually, at the moment, as it stands, will be fourth in the draft because of the Rams' poor season. Only the obviously Houston number one at the moment, the Seattle Seahawks number two because of the Russell Wilson trade, Bears third, and then Detroit will be fourth, and they'll have the 15th overall pick due to their own season going on. So that could obviously yeah, change. The Lions are going to trade down from that position and uh, get a whole haul for that pick, mm-hmm. I'm sure of it, for yeah, someone who wants a quarterback. Because I think the Goths proved now they, they don't need a quarterback. I think, you know, there'll be player teams, I think, looking at the, I think the Jets are currently 18th. They'll want to move up. They could be a team that could possibly trade with the Lions. Looking at the teams that may, I mean, the Colts. There's could a lot of teams seven. wanting quarterbacks this this offseason. Yeah. A lot of teams. Uh, How many quarterbacks? Be how many quarterbacks are the NFL going to allow the Jets to ruin, though? This is the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll forfeit their pick, you know, like we saw with ourselves. <laughs> maybe they'll do the same thing with the Jets and think they're no longer. But I think Jets have to at some point get it right. But if, over the years, they proved that they really had no good quarterback, really, in recent memory. And I can't think of many. I mean, even Joe Namath wasn't exactly a you know, a brilliant um, player. We look at the stats, he had a lot of interceptions. And really, I think that they've... Maybe Chad Pennington's been their best in years, but I can't think of many great callbacks they've had. So um, I think the I think the best uh, chance is that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo ends up there next season. I mean, I it's think, not uh, a bad shout. It's not a bad shout, but I think that they have to sell because I don't think Flacco, Wilson, or Mike White is the answer if they want to. Because if if they had a good if they had a good quarterback, they'd be on ten wins easy. I think the the Jets have done so well to be where they are without a good quarterback. So I think. They can get a good callback, whether it's in the draft or whether it's in free agency. Maybe someone like Jimmy G. I think they have a good chance of really doing well next season as well. Um, next up is the Cardinals traveling to the Broncos. Uh, the Broncos are three and ten. First, it's a rough one. Oh, I mean, it's. I mean, the Broncos are actually the first AFC team to be eliminated eliminated from the playoff. Second team, sorry, after the Texans and the Cardinals are four and nine after a loss to the Patriots on Monday night. They're pretty much out of the playoffs now as well. I'm going to give it to the Broncos for one reason only, purely because of Kyler Murray's injury. I don't think Colt McCoy has enough. I think Wilson, whilst they haven't played well, Wilson has showed something in the last two weeks. He's been a bit more gutsy with his running, you know, been, been involved in a lot more sort of collisions with players and a sort of lot more head first sort of play. So I think the Broncos will win, but I think this game will be pretty ugly. Um, Fred? Yeah, you sold the Broncos to me. I was going to say. Cards. I don't mind Colt McCoy. I think he's obviously outstanding quite a lot. Carlo Murray, the the player Carlo Murray is does pick up a lot of injuries. Um, so, like you said, though, if Broncos were a bit better last week. It, it's a game that actually, if you'd asked me for the season, I thought this actually might be quite a tasty game. At this point, it's not. It's horrific. But um, someone's got to win the horror show. So I'm going to go Broncos. <laughs> um, finally, uh, Charlie. Yeah, I'm going for the Broncos simply on the basis that I just don't see this Cardinals team putting up team putting up points, uh, not with a backup quarterback. And this this Bron- Broncos defense is is pretty pretty decent. It's got some decent talent. I do think that uh, Russell Wilson started to show a bit more. Um, he needed to honestly. Um, he's certainly not where he will want to be. I'm not convinced he's ever got that guy back in. But I don't think I'm not sure that guy's ever there anymore. But um, it's certainly improving picture. Um, and I think it'll be an ugly ugly game. And uh, the Broncos will come out on top. Yeah, I think that Hackett has to share a lot of responsibility as well. I mean, when I said this before, but if a, if a crowd is telling you when to, to when the play comes mm-hmm. down, I think that's a really bad sign. I don't think he'll ever recover from that, really. But Russell Wilson, for me, he got three touchdowns and one interception um, 
last week. Uh, he's got no picks since week since the 13th of November against the Titans. So he is getting better, but still for me, it's not enough. I don't think he's, as you said, I don't think he will get back to the player he was. Um, now, for me, it was mentioned earlier about a game that's really hard to pick. I found this one the hardest to pick. Uh, one for Fred, as the New England Patriots travel to the Las Vegas Raiders. Both teams are 3-2 and two in their last five games. The Raiders are 5-8 and eight, with a small chance of making the playoffs. And the Patriots are 7-6 and six, and currently lie in the seventh seed in the AFC playoffs. Um, we'll go to you, Fred, first. As you're a Patriots fan in this podcast, how are you feeling about this game and how are you seeing it going? Yeah, I do actually feel quite positive. I think the Raiders are the biggest disappointment for me this year. I was so excited. I really liked Derek Carr. I thought Tom Adams was an excellent acquisition. I know they had a lot of off-field issues last year, which I think hampered them. And that that's no fault of the players, those off-field issues. They were sort of, you know, regardless of the bodies there on the field. And I think if they didn't have those off-field issues, it would have been a playoff side last year. This year, I thought they would be. Um, <clears throat> they have won three out of the last five. That's true. Broncos, uh, declining Seahawks and a Chargers team, which are just not that is inconsistent within the every single game it seems um oh yeah i'm not getting too on them yet they are fixing themselves a bit offensively i thought again although josh mcdaniel was a really good fit um they're you know an offensively minded coach with an exciting offensive roster again it's still not quite worked and you know we saw the rams baker mayfield's you know, 93 or 98 yard drive or whatever to win the rams the game uh on the ninth i you know i don't think that's the sign of a particularly Good Raiders side. That Rams defense hasn't been particularly good last year. Why they only put up 16 points? I think that was a bit of a reality check for them. I think the Patriots defense is where the strength is. And, you know, the Raiders aren't quite getting it right offensively. And I just think this is where this is the sort of game the Patriots will win, where you haven't got a well set up at the moment, well oiled offense, you know, despite the players you've got on the roster. Um, the Patriots defense will get goals in that. And the, the offensive, offensively, the Patriots aren't great. I think the I think it's down to the offensive coordinator more than anything. You know, we weren't sure who was doing it for the first couple of weeks, even though Patricia was on the board. Um, you know, I just don't think he quite gets Mac Jones. I don't think Mac Jones quite gets him. You know, but in spite of that, I think the Patriots' defense will do enough to um, to give them the win against the Raiders. Okay, and over to Charlie. Yeah, I agree with everything that Fred said, honestly. There's also the sort of master and apprentice aspect to this, isn't there? Um, I fancy that Belichick is uh, the more talented coach of the two. I'm not sure that's really <laughs> up for debate. And um, yeah, this Raiders team has really been a disappointment for all the same reasons that you said, Fred. I honestly thought they'd be doing better. Obviously, it's a, you know, a new head coach and that takes some time, but they've really struggled to get much going at all. This Patriots team is very gritty um, for all of its uh, challenges. And, and obviously, there are some challenges there. And I, I, I think that um, Mac Jones deserves better, frankly, than Mac. Patricia in terms of an offensive coordinator um, it's never easy we saw this with Sam Donald when you've got changing coaching staff around you in the early days it really unsettles rookie quarterbacks mm. and like he doesn't have the the physicality that um, you know some of the quarterbacks in the league have to lean on when everything is um, not working quite right so um, you know we saw in Josh Allen's first season it wasn't great but he, when plays broke down he had the physicality to still make plays happen um, I think Matt Jones needs a more stable consistent structure and he needs someone who's more experienced I mean Matt Patricia has he ever been an offensive coordinator? Um, I'm not sure. No, he's um, not. And I think you're right. I think you saw the way Jones progressed last year with Josh McDaniel. And Josh McDaniel held that playbook back really well for him and just let him go through the gears and get to a point with a good O-line where he could sit and throw the ball. And that's just all come apart this year. And the only I mean, Zappi was really good. I, I, really, I really liked what Zappi did. But it's because they just got the ball out of Zappi's hands quickly. You know, that people saying, oh, well, you know, yeah. Matt Patricia knew what to do. It didn't really. They just thought, you know, you've got a, a young rookie quarterback who's a, you know, I think third round pick, just get the ball out of his hands quickly. And he did well because no one could scheme for the Patriots like that because that's not how the Patriots were playing. So, you know, he, he got a bit of a free pass, I think, on that one. Um, although that was much as well as Zappi did. That's not taken away from Zappi. But yeah, I think you're right in what you say. It's just a, it's a very limited scheme, and it doesn't. I don't think it suits Mac Jones. Um, I think Mac Jones has said he deserves better, and um, I'm hoping that he get well. I'm not really hoping he gets better, but he, <laughs> he deserves better ne next year at least with a proper offensive coordinator. But I do think that the Patriots will have too much for the Raiders. I do think that Belichick will just simply outcoach. Um, yeah, right. yeah, I agree. I agree, and I think that um, it doesn't seem so long ago that Mac Jones was seen as one of the best rookies of the, of the year last year. I think he was by far the best rookie quarterback last season. It doesn't seem like too long ago when that was the case. So I think Mac Jones, I think whilst he's having a bad year this year, I do think a lot of blame, as you say, does go on Patricia. And I think that 
if McDaniels gets fired, I can see him going straight back towards Patriots again. Or if not, I think they'll hire someone else who is offensive-minded. I'm not sure who that could be, but I think they will. Patricia surely will will go soon over Jones. I think he'll be the first to go rather than Jones. Um, mm. Yeah, I do think the Patriots will win. Um, but I'm going to ask. Well, there's there's rumbles that, that Belichick is under a little bit of pressure as well. Um, I mean, that was he made some that was decisions. Surprising. I mean, he's not been great the last two or three years, but I think you can't get rid of Belichick. I think he's done so much for this team, and I think it's more likely that he resign or be made to resign rather than be fired for his reputation. Mm. I just don't. See, I think given maybe two years because he's you know he's proved over the last twenty years or so, even without Brady, that one. Yeah, year I'm not saying he's out of the, out of the door, you know, this this self season or anything. I just think he's under a bit of pressure. He's cut down the numbers of coaching staff quite dramatically. He's obviously strolled in the draft, and um, now he's appointed a guy who has never been an offensive coordinator to to um, you know coaches one year one year of experience not just out of rookie quarterback. I, I think um, you know m- most people can see that something's not quite right there, and I think that. As a as a coach, he's, he's gritting it out, and and they'll they'll probably end up with sort of nine ish ish wins, and probably make the playoffs. Um, it's it's not all clicking. What's your thoughts on that, Fred? As a Patriots fan, um, on Belichick, because it hasn't been great, really, um, really this year, or even you could argue last year, because the way it ended with the heavy loss to the Bills in the playoffs. What's your thoughts on that? Do you would you maybe let's see Belichick retire, or do you think he deserves? A year or two more to prove himself without Brady. What's your thoughts on it all? Yeah, I think he deserves a year or two more. I think obviously the Matt Patricia call was wrong. It clearly was wrong. It didn't look good at the time. I think a lot of people inside and outside, and a lot of people obviously don't like the Patriots for obvious reasons, but I don't think anyone was malicious in the way that we're saying the Matt Patricia call was wrong because I think all Patriots fans felt it was wrong at the time. And like you said, he has cut back the coaching staff. Um, no, I think he deserves time to get it right. It's not been horrific. They've, you know, they even did well in the Cam Newton year. Uh, where they punch above their rate. I think what Belichick needs, they, they need that offense to click. They've still got a very good defense. You know, if you had a good offense, it could be a 12-win team. As it is, it's not. You know, I think he's probably got another year just to just to sort of try and get that role another couple. He's got as long as he wants, I think, in reality. But you know, from a fan's point of view, you know, you expect something to happen in the next year, two years now, because you might going into year three with a proper offensive coordinator. If you get a wide receiver one in, because they haven't really got a genuine wide receiver one, to be honest. Um then, you know, there's a, that's a team that can win a lot of games. But at the moment, they're not. I said 8-9 for the end of the year. I think they'll probably go 9-8 and eight now. Um, but, yeah, that's where we're at, I think. OK, OK. And now we've covered all four teams in the AFC East. want to give a quick sort of your guys' rankings from 1-4, to four, how you guys think the division will finish come the week end of week 18. Uh, we'll go to Charlie first. Yeah, so hopefully Bill's number one. Um, mm-hmm. i got the... I've got the Dolphins finishing second. Um, I think this is really tricky. I, I think the Patriots will probably uh, just about beat out the Jets, um, but that's that's a tough one. Uh, I mean, I think what you have to say is this division is really strong now, <laughs> and um, it's uh, one of those situations where any any team can beat anybody on their day. Um, so I think that's how it's going to play out. And how many teams of those do you think will be in the playoffs? All four, three, just two? I think there's a really good chance it's three. And then Fred, give us your one to four and how many teams you think will make the playoffs. Yeah, I think Bills, Finns, Pats, Jets. I do think potentially the Pats could have, you know, could, could win three of the last four because if the Bills have the AFC, you know, number one seed wrapped up, which isn't impossible, um, then they may not, you know, they may rest their starters the final week. I think that's the only way we're going to win that game, but I'm hopeful. Um, I think the Dolphins game is going to be closer than I thought it would be as well. I think, you know, Two and two out of the last four. So we've got the Bengals as well. Um, you know, it's a tough last three games on paper. I just I hope the Bills wrap up that number one seed very, very quickly. Uh, and the Chiefs fall apart a little bit and then uh rest everyone for the final week and we we romp home in that one. Um unfortunately I think the Chiefs have a real powder puff end of the year. I think they're gonna win every game. That's uh. <laughs> <laughs> a shame. A genuine yeah, shame. Um it is. so so no, I, I think um I think potentially free again it is tricky because it is so tight, but um. Yeah, I think if anyone's going to miss out, it'd be the Jets. Okay. Um, I'm also going for three teams. I think it will be the Bills winning the division. I think they could wrap it up by next week or the week after. Uh, second, Dolphins. 
And then I'm going to go for the Jets third purely because of the schedule. So the Patriots' last four games is, sorry, the Jets' last four games is the Lions, Jags, Seahawks, and then Dolphins, whereas the Patriots have to play the Raiders, the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Bills. So that's the only reason why, because they're both very similar. And I think that looking at the playoff picture as well, I mean, the 10th seed in the AFC is Jags with five wins. So I think there's a gap between 10th and 9th. I do think the Chargers will make the playoffs and they'll be, they'll be, in the seventh spot or sixth spot with the two of the four AFC teams in sixth and seventh. And I just think that Jets, purely for that schedule they've got, will um, beat the Patriots to that spot. Um, now, the rest of our games, this one, uh, I think will be an easy win for the Chargers. I think the Titans are in really bad form at the moment. They've lost their last three games, and two of those games were to good teams in the Bengals and the Eagles, where the Chargers have won two of of last five, they have lost three, but they are seven and six, and they are they had an impressive win for me against the Dolphins uh, on Sunday night football. So, going to give the Chargers a win, but I hope the Tennessee Titans can do it because that would really help us, especially playing the Bills this week. Um, Charlie, yeah, I've gone for the Chargers as well. I think the Titans are a mess at the moment. Um, I'm not quite sure what's going on with them, but they're not uh, getting Derrick Henry involved as far as much as they should be. Um, they just don't have an awful lot going. And I think this Chargers team, it's it's erratic, it's inconsistent, but when they click, they can. They're another one where they can pretty much beat anybody. I mean, any team with Justin Herbert in is going to be a problem. Uh, it looks like that they improved defensively as well against the Dolphins. I was quite impressed with what they did, and it's been not a great defense. So there seems to be a team on the upswing, and I, uh, I fancy the Chargers to win this quite comfortably. And Fred? Yeah, Chargers as well. Uh, yeah, pretty much every reason you guys said that, to be honest, to go Chargers. And then next up is the Bengals traveling to the Buccaneers. Um, I've gone for Bengals. Easy win. I think Bengals are 5-0 in the last five games. Um, Buccaneers are 3-2, and two, but haven't really been convincing in the games they have won. Um, and yeah, I think that the Buccaneers, I think whilst they may well win the division with a bad record, I just think the Bengals are absolutely flying and Joe Barrow for me. Even though I, I'm not the biggest fan of his personality, I, I think that he is someone that will once again prove why he is. Some are saying, and I agree, that maybe the next Tom Brady. I think he's got all the characteristics of Tom Brady. He's got that winner mentality, very good on the ball, very good uh, accuracy and um, throwing ability as well. So I, I think that he, the, the Bengals will win. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Uh, I think it'll be pretty easy. Um, Fred, back to you. Yeah, Bengals are, you know, the biggest romantic in the world who says the boxing on this one. Bengals look so good again. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any logical way to, to back the Bucks here, really, sadly. No, Charlie, I'm the same. You... I think the Bengals look really good, uh, and I think they're improving as well. I thought Burrow has really started to come into his own this uh, last few games. Um, they've got a lot of offensive weapons, and this Tampa Bay team seems a bit rudderless at the moment. Uh, they're really struggling to get get things going. I mean, they're they're scrappy, and um, with you know with Brady there, they'll always be in games. But uh, I think they're struggling, and um, I just I think the Bengals win quite comfortably. And that is at 9.25 on Sunday, which I assume will be on Sky Sports because the other games, quite frankly, compared to that, look like rubbish. Um, now, Sunday night football is one that, again, who would have thought that had been a good game to start the year? As the 7-5-1 Giants play against the 7-5-1 Washington Commanders. Giants are 1-3-1 and uh, in the last five games after a 6-1 start. And the Commanders are 3-1-1. and after a one and four start, of course, these two teams played two weeks ago and the game did end in a tie. Um, but for this one, I'm going to give it to the commanders. I think the Giants are in a real disarray. They're not the same team we saw in the first seven weeks. And I think the commanders have been the opposite. They've looked really good and much better than they did at the start. Taylor Heineke has been really impressive for me. And I think that if it this doesn't already confirm the end of Carson Wentz as an NFL starter, then I don't see why. What else? I can really say to someone that if you don't think Carson mm. Wentz is done in this league, um, and I'm going to give them the win for that reason. Um, Fred? Yeah, I'm going to go commanders. The Giants started really well. I think they're obviously much better coach now um, than what they were, and I think you brought Daniel Jones to life a little bit as well, which is nice. I think the commanders have got better throughout the year. I think Taylor Heineke is, is a funny one because this stat line never looks particularly great but he's got this huge win percentage whenever he starts or comes on for the commanders it's, it's a strange statistic he's clearly very comfortable playing within his limits which i don't think is a bad thing um you know because they're, they're not a bad side offensively they've got you know good running back in antonio gibson um so yeah i'm gonna go commanders uh commanders win. 
And then, yeah, I've gone for the same. Um, these teams are trending in the, in the opposite directions, really. Um, I think the Giants played really well to start the season. They got Sekhon Barkley playing well again. And I think you have to say that Brian Dable and the, and the coaching staff there got the absolute mm. most out of Daniel Jones. I honestly think the Giants are going to be in the market for a quarterback, though, this this offseason. I think the um, General Jones is only going to take him so far. It was always a strange draft pick in the, in the first place. And I, I don't dislike the guy, but I think he's limited. And um, I think if they got an opportunity, um, they're going to they're going to replace him. I like Taylor Haneke uh, for what Commanders. I think he's an incredibly entertaining quarterback. He makes stuff happen. Um, he's exciting, and uh, this Commanders team is looking better and better. Um, so yeah, they're a they're a dangerous team, the Commanders, and I see them winning this. Although I think it will be tight. Yeah, I think this game. I think this game will be. A, I think Commanders will beat them. I think quite comfortably. I think maybe by 10, 20 points. I just think that the Giants. The, the contrasting form, I think. The, the beauty of the NFL is that, you know, these games can happen where two teams are in completely different form and the game doesn't go quite as we think. But I think on paper, this should be, for me, I think quite a comfortable win for the commanders. And you've got to credit Rivera for how he saved his job. Um, finally, Monday Night Football, a game that, you know, start of the year, it was one of the highlight games, the Packers against the Rams. Both these were thought, we thought it would be two teams that would be fighting for the division, for, sorry, for the Super Bowl and getting into playoffs as the number one seed or the two seed. But it turns out that's not been the case. The Rams are four and nine and the Packers are five and eight. The Rams have won one of the last five uh, and the Packers have won two of the last five. So they've not been in great form. Um, and the Rams, their last win before last week was in week six. So the Rams have really been in a bad run of form. But they got that win late on against the Raiders. And I think for that reason alone, Baker Mayfield seems to be uh, have inspired some sort of change. I'm all I'm all fully aware this may be a one-game thing. and um, we'll see how he is in game two. But from what I saw at the end of that game, there's he seemed to uh, ignite some sort of fire in his team. Like looking at the playoff picture now, they're they're still way off. I mean, it's still three wins away from the playoffs. So it probably is too late to make a playoff run, but if they can win this game and the Giants lose, the all the Commanders and Giants tie again and the Seahawks lose and the Lions lose, it's not out of possibility. And I think that the team they have, the players they have still on this team, you know, Aaron Donald, you know, um, Dalen Ramsey, and I think even with the quarterback uncertainty, I think if Baker Mayfield can win this game, I think they've got a small chance. I think the Rams will be eager to add all the Packers there. You know, they're not only two wins behind the seventh seed. So, but I just think the Rams will win this game. Um, back to you, Charlie. Um, what, how are you seeing this game? I've gone for the Packers. Um, I think, yeah, Baker definitely showed signs of life. I think he, he probably put together the best drive I've ever seen. Baker Mayfield put together um, last weekend. Um, some of those throws were really pretty incredible. And I'm actually, I never was never a Baker fan, but I thought he was really badly treated um, on his way out of uh, out of Cleveland. Um, it's always difficult to be replaced by a sex offender, I think, uh, in any, 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 any sport, right? So <laughs> I think that uh, I felt really bad for him. And uh, obviously, you know, the environment in Carolina, for whatever reason, wasn't working. Working out so certainly didn't expect him to go and uh, pull up any trees in in, in LA but um yeah I, I'm kind of excited to see what he does but you know Green Bay is going to be freezing freezing cold to go into Lambeau with the the challenges that, that Rams team has and, and win is I think is a massive ask and I think the Green Bay will win yeah, they've been I can struggling this season but you know still Aaron Rodgers they, they still they, there's still some some life in that team yet yeah I can certainly vouch for the coldness I mean when I went in November. I wore four t-shirts, four jumpers, thermals, a coat, a hat and a gloves, and I was still absolutely <laughs> you know, I'm quite a skinny bloke, so that probably didn't help as well. But um yeah, I'm sure Ash as well could vouch it when he went to the game together that um how cold that place is. And that's in November, not even in late December, near Christmas. So um and obviously I was in Los Angeles last week and it's way, way warmer than Green Bay ever yeah. year. So <laughs> like like the Bills Dolphins game, I think the weather will have a massive impact on this game. Uh you would think, but I'm still going for the Rams. Oh, that could actually change my mind actually. Maybe I'm gonna change my decision mid-podcast. You know what? I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change. That's convinced me actually. I'm gonna get I'm gonna go for the Packers to win this game purely for the weather. Um, Fred. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Rams. I'm a, I'm a Baker fan. I, I think he was treated horrifically, as you mentioned. I think people forget he was, you know, torn LeBron Hersey on his left non-friend shoulder, um, and he played through that for the the franchise. And they just treated him horrifically after that. You know, for after the sacrifices he made, rather than getting that sorted properly. I really hope it works out for him in LA. Yeah, I I'm always been a big Baker Mayfield defender, big fan because I think whilst he didn't help himself sometimes in certain situations, I do think that. Um, 
overall, I think he has someone that hasn't been as bad as people think. I think last year he was injured mm. a lot, and I think that's been quite understated that he has been, yeah. um, you yeah. know, Play because he was told to play. You know yeah, what I mean? Basically, yeah. play. basically, I think the Panthers didn't go well, obviously, but I think that's quite a badly run franchise. So I think now he's playing under Sean McVay, who, you know, is a re- really good coach. I think he um, may get the best out of him. But after all the predictions, until that game, we were all exactly the same. So we all had the 49ers, all had the Vikings, Browns, Bills, Panthers, Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, Saints, Lions, Broncos, Patriots, Chargers, Bengals and Commanders all to win. And in the very last game, both myself and Charlie had the Packers and the Rams was posed, chosen by Fred. Uh, Olivia's um, predictions are the 49ers, the Vikings, Browns, um, sorry, the Ravens, the Bills, Steelers, Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, Falcons, Jets, Broncos, Patriots, Chargers, Bengals, Commanders and the Packers. But that has been the end of this week's podcast. So our AFCE special. So thank you, Charlie, and thank you, Fed, for coming on, first of all. Our pleasure. No, great. Yeah, lovely to be here. Great stuff. And we'll give you a chance once again to plug your social media. So first of all, Charlie, how can we find you? Yeah, well, a couple of places. So on Twitter is my uh, major home. So I'm Charlie underscore sports. Um, mostly tweet about the Bills, a little bit about um, uh, uh, football from time to time, but mostly about the Bills. But um, probably our major account is the Bills from Afar podcast. If you don't know already, Charlie is also a Man City fan, so he is the world's happiest sports fan in the UK <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> and then we'll see. Fred. Yeah, just at one Fred, one on Twitter. Um, sort of do the odd pod from uh, here and there and uh, a bit of tweeting about cricket and football as well. Great stuff. And he's a Reading fan, if anyone doesn't know. So um, <laughs> he has probably quite a painful sports life um, at the moment with the Patriots. <laughs> the Patriots this season actually haven't been too bad, but yeah. Um, as a being a Reading fan, you must be used to disappointment. Actually, that's, that's quite a contrast, isn't it? When you're a Reading fan in the prime Patriot years, I mean, you had the Shane Long and sort of that era as Reading, but yeah, that must have been quite a contrast in sports teams. I mean, having the best dynasty of the last 20 25 <laughs> years and then having the team that's been up and down so much. Yeah, every other year was fun. Uh, then when we made the Premiership, it wasn't quite as fun, so uh, yeah, fair play, but. That has been our week 15 preview episode. So thank you everyone for listening and we will see you guys next time.